Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk. Great to have your company once more and great to be talking about another Australian win at the World Cup. Adam Peacock alongside Brad Hatton. That was dominant. Not as perhaps crushingly dominant as it could have been, Hads, but still pretty impressive. Bring on the final, Adam. Bring on the final. (laughs) (laughs) We were brutal. And that's the way you got to play those conditions. Mitch Marsh on his birthday was outstanding at the top. David Warner, he just bullied the opposition. Ralph got he got the brunt of it early with the twenty four off that first uh, first over he bowled and we didn't look back. Yeah, let's have a look at the scores and it's worth recounting from an Australian perspective, especially at the top of the order. They win by sixty two runs. Pakistan all out three oh five, chasing three six eight for victory in the forty sixth over. Warner Marsh won one hundred and sixty three off one hundred and twenty four balls. Elite. Mitch Marsh, brutal, 121 of 108 deliveries, and they got their centuries in back-to-back deliveries. I've never seen that before. I'll ask Hads a bit later if he's ever seen that. Um, Glenn Maxwell was promoted up the order. Didn't quite work. He was back in the pavilion before he even... Uh, <laughs> Predictable. <laughs> before he even decided to think about getting a swing up. Um, nothing really worked for Australia through the middle order of the back, but they were just going after it, given the position they were in. And uh, Stornis, the best of the rest, with 21. And, uh, yeah, a five for, for Freedy. They were calling for him to come back after bowling pretty well in his first four overs. Didn't come back until the 34th over. So maybe that's where they let themselves down Pakistan. Five for 54. Yeah, poor old Harris Ralph. He did get three, and he ended up with three for 83 off off eight. At one stage, he was looking at none for 150 off his 10. Anyway, in reply, um, Pakistan got off to a flyer themselves. They were none for 134 at one stage. Abdullah Shafiq and Imam Ul-Haq with a really good stand, but got starts. Every batter for Pakistan got a start, but couldn't quite go. The big wicket of Baba Azam, 18 off 14. Great catch by Paddy Cummins at mid-wicket off Adam Zampa. Mohamed Rizwan and another well, consider himself mildly unlucky with the DRS, but uh, out for 46 LBW Zampa, and in the end, it was just too much hads for for Pakistan. So all up, another good day for the Aussies. Yeah, and I like the style we played. I I know we lost the toss and we were sent in, but I like runs on the board in a World Cup event. Tournament plays are a lot different. There's a lot of nerves that go into chasing um, in, in World Cup events, and we've seen that with Pakistan. It's exactly what scoreboard pressure does to you. You've seen a lot of starts. Australia could build pressure with their intent in the field. We took a couple of good catches. A couple went down, but we had a, a lot more intent there to to make a difference in the field. And and the one thing, uh, probably halfway through that Sri Lankan game, our body language has come back. We, we've got a lot mm. more intent in what we're trying to do, and, and there's a purpose with what's happening in the field. What about at the top of the order? We've been waiting for it, and that's the style that we carried in, that when we're very good, it means that the the opening stand has been very good. This was beyond good. Uh, they just kept going and going, and I, I made the fatal mistake. It's probably my fault that the partnership was broken because I said at one stage, I think on the group chat, 500s on here, and as soon as that happened, wicket started to fall. <laughs> but it, it, is that just the blueprint for success for Australia, that that opening stand has to hum? Oh, well, that, that's a big reason. Uh, Mitch Marshy, second ball straight down the ground for, for six. And, and there's a lot on these two, actually, at the, the top of the order. The, the way they play, they can set up the game um, like they did last night beautifully. But it's it's the blueprint. Uh, Mitch Marsh, has, he's got a licence to thrill at the top. David Warner looks like he's enjoying now his 
his last tournament, uh, his last mm. World Cup event. He, he's going out there. He's, he's not just trying to survive. He, he's trying to put a presence on the game. And when he plays like that, the opposition bowl differently. That they, they set different fields because he's got the reputation that he, if he does get in, he will get a, a big aggressive 100. And, and that's exactly what he did. But we've got to continue to take those first 10 overs on. The blueprint was perfect. Our, our middle order has, has let us down a little bit. We could have probably got 450, but no one could really... Uh, capitalise on, on that great start, but the top of the order was outstanding. Yeah, Davey obviously loves India. He, he loves the conditions. He's, yeah. he's um, been a staple of the IPL for a while now. But it, do you get the feeling that he's he's a bit free because he, he knows the end is coming? Or maybe not so much in white ball cricket because you see some cricketers had make the decision they kind of limp to the line? Well, it's his last World Cup. Um, and and his record for in white ball has, has been arguably one of the best players we've had at the top of the order. And, and now it looks like he's going out and, and he's looking to, to bully the game. He's looking to take the game on. He's playing some brave shots. We, we've seen him a couple of times in Ralph's first over get down on his knee and, and scoop him out of the ground. But he, he, that's the way he's got to play at the top because if he's got that mindset, all of a sudden opposition's are on the back foot straight away because you just don't know what you're going to get from him. So I, I like the way he went about it. He, he, there were some brave shots in there, but but he looked to dominate the game and put the pressure straight back on the bowlers and not mm. let them dictate. you got Ralph there, you got Afridi. They're world-class fast bowlers, but when he's playing like that, he puts the pressure straight back onto those bowlers. It's a, it's probably not a discussion for um, the pod in reflection when we're reviewing a game, but we might save it for next week in a in a longer one. Australia's greatest ever one-day player. Now, Davey's definitely in the conversation, if not the top of the list. I don't know where you place him, Hats, but that's his fifth World Cup century, equaling the Aussie record with Ricky Ponting, who I personally have on yep. top, but only just. Uh, and Davey actually now has Australia's top three scores at World Cups as well. So that, that um, solidifies his position in this this kind of lofty status. Where do you put him or you, you want to have a think about it and come back next week with the answer? He's in the conversation. And I think he's in the conversation because of the style of game that he plays. It's hmm. so um, brutal at the top of the order. It's the hardest spot to bat opening. And the way he sets up games, I, I think that's the the big thing why he's in that conversation. And he wins games. The The reason we're in the position now is he got he got 160 and he took the game right away from um, Pakistan. So the reason we're talking about David in those um, glowing terms is because he wins games for Australia. Uh, have you ever seen it? Two blokes getting a century no. in back-to-back deliveries? No, I haven't. And I'll tell you what I, I did know. We, we've seen David Warner's trademark um, jump, but Mitch mm. Marsh... He went off. Yeah, he did go off, and, and it's not normal for him. So they, they've copped a bit in the first few games, his team, and, and they're just starting to come to, together. They're playing with that passion that Australia love. Um, it, it means something to them now. They're, they've got their mojo back. They're getting into the contest, and, and just the celebration of Mitch Marsh now shows, all right, Australia in this tournament. i tell you one thing. It's, uh, it put a lot of pressure on those in the dressing room celebrating because that, that if you stood up for Dave Warner, you had to stand up for Mitch Marsh. And conversely, if you sat for Dave Warner, 
you're not getting up for Mitch Marsh, otherwise there's problems. There's a chasm in the dress. And I noticed Joshy Hazelwood, he just he just kept his seat for both of them and, and put the hands above the, the head. But a bit of pressure for the boys in the rooms. Yeah, Ben to me, Bullet, that, that's too much effort for the big fella to get out of his seat. He, he, was, he was excited, but... It was Mitch Marsh's birthday as well. Uh, it's always good to to contribute on your birthday, but it, it was a big moment for them. Uh, we, we're speaking a lot about it for Australia to turn it around. These two at the top of the order have to have a big contribution, and that's exactly what they did. And in the way they played, Mitch Marsh hit his second ball of the game straight over the head for six. You go, oh, okay, and mm. now we're in a contest. And, and Pakistan, on the flip side of that, how are you going to respond? Um, how, how are you going to stop a, a David Warner and Mitch Marsh? But the one thing they do do well, they complement each other. It's going to be interesting when Travis Head comes back as well because Mitch Marsh is six foot three, David Warner's four foot one. So <laughs> they they complement each other with the lengths you have to bowl. You've got to bowl different lengths to, to both of them. So the partnership's blossoming at the moment. Uh, they were outstanding last night and. Yeah, it, we might be in a situation where our most form player, Travis Head, where Australia got a selection decisions to make. Do you move Mitch uh, back down to three? So, But it, it was great to watch. There's another one to pose midweek, Hads, when we got a bit more time. But um, who played three last night was Glenn Maxwell for one ball. Um, was it a little bit of a rush of blood, is it fair to say, off of Freddie that he tried to hit him, um, well, basically to Sri Lanka? He was never going to have it. No, nothing else was going to happen there. He, he, Glenn Maxwell's been given a license. The captain's walked up to him, tapped him on the shoulder and said, Glenn, go and keep the momentum going. His eyes would have been like a poker machine. He would have ran out the back, quickly got his gear off. And if he comes off, he gets like 30 or five balls and all of a sudden the, the momentum's really going with Australia. But that's Glenn Maxwell. We've seen that for 10 years. Uh, he'll do that on another occasion during the World Cup and get his 40 off 10. But, yeah, it was pretty predictable. Did you ever do that like, or get the tap on the shoulder say, oh, Hads, you, you, you're down at seven, but you're actually going to go up the, the order? Yep. Or conversely, Hads, did you go to the captain and go, oh, I'd really like about three here if possible because no, it looks like a road? Yeah, early, early days in my, in my career I did that a lot, floated up and down the order. I actually found it hard to do. Because what they're saying is, is go out there and don't get out, but score at 40 off 10 balls to play a high-risk game. And I remember having a chat with the selector. He said, oh, your stats in one day don't look that great uh, for New South Wales for a period of time, for about uh, eight games. And in those eight games, six times I've been sent up to do that role and just got overexcited. <laughs> I was trying to hit the first uh, few balls. He said, oh, you can get yourself in. I said, oh, you're sending me up to play a high-risk game. So I understand what Maxwell was going through. He was going out there and, and he, it was all or nothing. Um, he wasn't there to block a ball. He was there to dominate and, and that can happen. That's why I asked you the question because I thought you'd be able to relate oh, anyway. <laughs> many a times I've done it. So Australia um, sizzled past 300 in the, the 41st over. Warner's out just after for 163 in the 4030. It was lovely to see Bubba's arm really making an effort to go over and say congratulations. I love that when, when players do that. Um, but... I know we're being ultra critical here and I don't know how cricketers at the top level view it has. You got 369 on the board after 50. You're pretty happy with things. You take it before, but did they leave a little bit out there? I mean, was 400 on here or you, that's that's not relevant? Yeah, 400 it was on, but it's hard to, to follow that, that sort of onslaught at the top of the order. Um, hmm. Guys came out and tried to play their role. It was probably Marcus Stoinis actually just 
settled things a, a little bit and, and got us up to, to 360. But the adrenaline's going. Every ball you see from the grandstands going for four or six, they're dominating the attacks. And sometimes you just need to give yourself that little period of six balls just to get in it and then get used to conditions and take it on. But the beans were running there for the boys, and they're just trying to go out and, and take every mm. ball on. You can understand it um, a little bit. You see it a lot when a big partnership's on, that the next three batters fall pretty quick. And it probably points towards how well Marsh and Warner went at the top of the order. But, you know, I mean, Warner gave a chance on 10. He was dropped then. But other than that, oh, there weren't many chances given. He was not dropped. He yeah. did not get a hand on that. Oh, I remember as soon as it True. went up, and, and you could see in the, in the broadcast, he, he didn't have his feet. He, he was still moving yeah. his feet. And, and I said, oh, he's going to drop that. And uh, my boys <laughs> could not believe it. They could not believe it. But that that's Pakistan's Achilles heel has been that for – uh, how, how many years? If they can take their catches, all of a sudden there, they they got a good start. They they put a bit of pressure back on Australia. But in, in tournament play, in these big events, it's not just about the bait and the bowling. It's about taking those well, half chances and, and regulation chances to to stop an onslaught like that. Horrible. <laughs> and you reckon every time Davey hit the ball to the boundary or over it, uh, he wasn't thinking oh, far out. <laughs> <laughs> rubbing yeah, it in, mate. rubbing it in. What about trying to come and bowl for the young fella? That that'd be the only thing he'd, he'd been thinking every time David Warner hit a, a four <laughs> or six. Ralph would look at him and just think, "Mate, what have you done?" <laughs> but you got to take those chances. A, a part of a tournament plays one peaking at the right time, mm. but two creating that um, presence in the field where where you do take those chances. You, you hit the runouts. We we've seen Paddy come and take a good catch to. Mm. to get rid of Bubba uh, Azana, and, and that's a, a things you have to do in a, a campaign. You've got to take those half chances. Uh, Pakistan, in reply, as mentioned at the top, though, at one stage, none for 134. The back end, though, they lose eight for 130 to lose the game by 60-odd runs. Um, Mitch Stark got off to an interesting start, a, a 10-ball over with four wides. Radar not quite on in a – I can only assume that the conditions were, you know, a little uh, – well, had to be adjusted to, put it that way. Yeah, it's interesting. On on paper, you go, oh, well, 10 ball over. But what you want Mitchell Stark doing is trying to swing the new ball. Um, you, you'll sacrifice a couple of wides for him to, to get the ball full, see if there's any swing. Um, that's why he's one of the best in the world, that he does swing that new ball. But the disappointing thing for Pakistan, they did it against India, and they've done it now against Australia. That They've had huge collapses. They've got off to mm. decent starts, but the middle order – hasn't been able to capitalise on the good starts. That was a great start. That though they put a lot of pressure on Australia. Australia had to um, really dig deep to to get back into that game because it looks like um, Pakistan were going to like walk in in a canter a bit um, there the, the way they started. But it's a batting collapse. It's a pressure of a World Cup um, that they've got to find a way to to take the emotion out of what's going on and, and just bat what's in front of them because at the moment they're getting caught up in the pressure. Yeah, it was Marcus Stoinis who made the breakthrough, the, the, yep. the double breakthrough in the end it was, getting rid of both openers with, with just subtle variations to his medium pace. Um, but Australia, it's weird. India, we ran through their top order and, and couldn't capitalise. But other than that, it's been century stands that they've conceded every time. So is, is it a case, Hads, of that's a worry or it's okay our class at the top, eventually it's going to destroy a team. 
Yeah, I think eventually it's going to destroy a team. But what was spoken a lot about, we've spoken with David and Mitch Marsh, the best time to bat is the first 10 overs. So mm. so teams know that they're, they're taking the game on, the, the ball's hard. There's, there's not a lot of swing on offer and the surfaces are, are being pretty flat. So, yeah, it's it's going to happen. There'll be a game where Mitch Stark gets it right. Seen it in 2015, it was a World Cup final. Maybe it'll be a semi-final because the ball is swinging a little bit for him. So he'll get one right. He'll get a a double wicket over at some stage during this tournament because the way he swings the ball. So, yeah, I I don't see this too much a a concern at the moment. They they want to get wickets early. That's a big thing. But the the surfaces um, are beating the batsman's favour. Adam Zampa was a – there was a little murmur before – the start, especially when Cam Green did the Mitch Marsh and um, paced out his run-up, but in the end, Zampa did play, but he didn't look too uh, too fresh. He, he could barely bend, and, and I can relate to this, he could barely bend down to pick up the ball. He's, the old back spasms were back again, poor old Zamps. Well, I'll tell you what, you're pushing him out there like they've done the last two games. There's no other spinning option. Um, mm. He's got four for both times. He's bringing the stumps back into play, so he's obviously in some discomfort. Uh, I think What's happened is that the Aussies have gone, mate, this is cutthroat. This is a World Cup. If you break, you break. We can call in a replacement. But, mate, you're going out there. And he's performed both times. You've got to be careful of the wounded athlete, and, and that's what it's been. Um, but what he's done well now is he's bringing the stumps back into play. And he's he's getting those big wickets we need in the middle overs. And, and that's been a point of difference in the last two games. But, mate, Adam Zampa can't not play because we don't have another spinner there. Yeah. Yeah, it was backed up in the field. I mean, Abbott and Cummins dropped chances, but um, Paddy and Stoinis and Stark with two great catches um, certainly made it a, a positive day in the field rather than a negative one for Australia. And another positive has that the, the streak is still alive. Mitch Stark got the ninth wicket. His streak of taking a wicket in every World Cup match is alive. He might have been panicking there for a bit. Oh, mate, he's a he's a performer, especially in this uh this form of the game. So there's just a bit of theatre there from from Starkey to keep everyone on the edge of their seats. But <laughs> I'm sure you, of it. <laughs> you're talking about the fielding, though, Adam. There, there was a change in the Sri Lankan game, probably about yeah. halfway through, where there, you could see an attitude shift. It was Davey took that catch. Yeah, when Davey took a couple of good catches in the outfield, Marnus got on the back of that, Steve Smith got on the, on the back of that, and all of a sudden our mojo came back out. Our, our style was was coming back to, to the fore where we, we create an environment that's uncomfortable with our presence. And and that's a big thing in, in the way Australia play. I know we talk about it a lot, but if we're doing all those little things, we've got the class with the ball, we've got match winners with the bat, and, and these little things with the, the fielding and our presence will, will take us a long way in this tournament. So the table as it stands, Australia actually back in the semi-final spot now after all of that, right. after four matches. Bring on the final. We're ready four, to go. <laughs> four points. New Zealand and India way out in front. And then South Africa after that, uh, well, hiccup, disaster, whatever you want to call it, anywhere in between against the Netherlands. They're still in third. They play England tonight and Australia, Pakistan, England, Bangladesh, Netherlands, Afghanistan and Sri Lanka at the tail. And Australia's net runway rate continues to go in the right uh, right way. It was minus 0.73 now, minus Point one nine three, so going in the right direction. Back in a sec with our quotes and, well, we've just got a whole list of stats to get through. (laughs) 
So quote of the day goes to Mitch Marsh, probably the most quotable Australian cricketer at the moment has. Yep. His birthday, <laughs> he goes, after his century, he goes, played a lot of cricket on my birthday, never got over 10. <laughs> That's because he was drunk every time. This time he had to stay sober for the uh, yeah, even the when he was fourteen. Yeah. yeah, well he looked thirty. <laughs> um, yeah, Davey Warner about his innings and the Aussie innings. Uh, Mitch and I tried to bat till 35, 35 overs, and we thought we could go big in the back half. We need uh, to work on going bigger at the end, though. So Davey looking for perfection. It's what you do as a team, Australia. Six for seventy in the final ten overs, so that's what he was getting at. And Paddy on the on the win, we're coming off two wins and have a three to four day break before the next game against the Netherlands. Can take a couple of days off and then get into work. We've set the benchmark in the last two games and got to keep that going. And that especially that little break is ultra important for Adam Zampa, who does not need to do anything but maybe a few, um, you know, what's it called, bird dogs, the the, the, the stretch to. <laughs> Stretches. There's another one called uh, Cat Camel, but I won't um, I won't go through through it for you. Ads, but it's a, a yoga move. But um, that's what Zams will be doing. Kids, listen to this show, please, Adam. What? Is, that's what it's called. <laughs> when the Cairo told me, I went, "Excuse me." Uh, no, it's called that. Okay. <laughs> uh, it actually works though, Ads. It's it's a godsend, absolute godsend. So let's get into the stats, shall we? So Davy, his fourth consecutive hundred against Pakistan, hundred and thirty and hundred and 79 in 2017, 107 at the World Cup and 163 overnight. Only second player to score four straight tons against one nation, Verrett Colley, the other against the Windies. Verrett was pretty good the other night as well, wasn't he? He's in full. Yeah, well, the, the big boys are starting to, to flex their muscle, aren't they? You, you've seen Colley get 100. You've seen David get one now. Um, as the tournament goes on, you that this the better players start to get some rhythm in the in their game and, and that's what tournaments plays about that these guys know when to peak that they know when to turn it on and we've seen that from Coley and we've seen that from David last night this is the highest opening but the 259 highest opening partnership at a world cup beating the old record the old record Bradley yeah it's probably needed to be beaten actually it, it was against Kenya <laughs> Canada Oh, Canada. I thought it was the game after. Yeah, it was so meaningful you can't even remember who it was yeah, against. Exactly yeah. right. I, I thought uh, it was the game after. Anyway, it's uh, it's good that uh, David and Mitch beat um, Shane Watson and I. Yes. From uh, yeah, 2011, 183, that uh, stand. 259 is also the highest partnership against Pakistan for any wicket in one dayers and the highest opening stand in India by any team full stop. So that's how good it was. And Warner has been involved in Australia's five highest partnerships in one day cricket, twice with Travis Head, Steve Smith, Mitch Marsh, Aaron Finch, all around the 250 mark, the highest 284 with Travis Head. And here we go, another one. 23 times an Aussie has passed 150 in ODIs. David Warner has seven of them. Next is two by Gilchrist, Hayden Watson and Finch. Only Rohit Sharma with eight has more 150-plus scores in one-day cricket. So that kind of paints a picture of where it's at. And this wasn't against the Minnow either, Hads. It was against um, one of the more established nations and better nations of cricket. Well, you said at the, the top of the show about where, where's your stand with uh, in the list of our, our best one-day players. So those sort of stats shows he's, he's definitely in the conversation and, and the strike rate where he gets those runs as well. It's, mm. it's better a run of ball. So, mate, he's not done yet. Um, he does hold his form for, for a long time in tournament play. So uh, we're going to need a, a couple more of these hundreds as we dance our way now to the finals. 
Um, and what last one has before the weekend, and you can enjoy your weekend or taxi services for the kids. <laughs> um, have you called the Australian Olympic Committee or Cricket Australia yet to offer your services to try and get a coaching gig for the Olympics so you can get a medal? <laughs> no, not as yet, but uh, I, I tell you what, it, it's interesting. That, I, I know I go out and grab a coffee with my mates after the gym in the morning and a lot of people are actually talking about cricket going the olympics um yeah. and they've asked a lot oh hads would are you disappointed that that wasn't you and you sort of go no 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 i had a good career then you hop in the car you think hang on a minute <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have enjoyed going to olympics but imagine being able to sit next to an ashes medal a, a gold medal sitting up on the yeah. Uh, on the um, mantle so yeah I'm, it, it's exciting so uh, australia's still got to get their ranking up a little bit in the 2020 to qualify because the the US goes straight through and they're only taking, what, six or 17? Six, I think, yeah, yeah. probably because of the footprint of the event. But, uh, no, it's a, it's it's great for cricket and it's a bit of a no-brainer for the IOC to fully get India and Pakistan and, and nations on the subcontinent engaged in the Olympic Games. How are you going to do it? Do it with cricket. Uh, Hads, speaking of cricket, I'm dare saying that you're seeing parts of Sydney that you didn't know existed this weekend to get your kids around to watch games. So, Mate, I've got two home games. So I've oh. got two boys. I can jump in the car and if one's batting, I can jump and watch the other one bowl or vice versa. So, But it's exciting morning. Everyone will be, have a smile on their face at the coffee shop. The Australians are one. There'll be some good banter uh, around. So tournament play, we're just starting to mm. come good. Yeah, it's the weekend, so get out there and enjoy your cricket uh, this morning or this afternoon or tomorrow or whatever, and we'll be back next week. Um, we're going to be back on Tuesday to preview Australia's next match against the Dutch. So that was Willow Talk. Have a great weekend, everyone.